Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. I'm Allison. And you're listening to the Bloom Saloon. It's a Judy Bloom book club. Ooh. Let's do that again. Let's take it from the top. Hi, I'm Jody. And I'm Allison. And you're listening to the Bloom Saloon. It's a Judy Bloom book club. You guys thought we were done with Wifey, but guess what? We have one more episode. We have all the side content you could have ever wanted. We got a lot of feedback from people commenting on our posts and like messaging us that they were really sad the wifey episodes were over so we thought give them one more i know maybe maybe two more no 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 No, i can't (laughs) i can't bear it gotta adjust my chair there we go (laughs) she like popped it she did like a little twerk and then she just sunk down (laughs) on her chair (laughs) that was weird okay so if you're just joining us for the first time Hi, welcome. Welcome. What an episode to start with. I know. We just finished the epic, the ridiculous, the wondrous phenomenon that is Wifey. Wifey, one of three adult novels by the Judy Bloom. Mm -hmm. I'm really happy uh, to have some special reports and some quizzes and some news and some little tidbits here. a bloom head of the week yes we do her name is street jamie on instagram hey street jamie and she has earned bloom head of the week because she told us we look pretty that's all you have to do <laughs> i just want to say like we 100 percent incentivize uh complimenting us on our looks uh-huh. on our instagram and you will win prizes yeah so thank you street jamie you are so kind to think our hair looks good yeah thank you so much we street love jamie. you so much and thanks for listening and, and just being an all-around fan. Yeah. You're going to get a pen. And if you would like to be Bloomhead of the Week next week, just tell us something cool and you'll get a pen too. You'll get a pen. Um, okay. Where should we start? Uh, let's start with um, going back in time a little bit to an old interview with the one and only Judy Bloom. This is from Bust Magazine. 1997. Shout out Bus Magazine. Great feminist magazine. They interviewed Judy about wifey and her life before and after. We're, we're going to reenact the Q&A. So I'll be the interviewer. You want to be Judy? I'll be Judes. <laughs> All right. I'm going to do an interviewer voice. Okay. Was the idea of writing about being a woman in her late 20s, married with two children, just too terrifying, too close to home? Never occurred to me. I wasn't ready for that until I wrote Wifey. That took a long time because I was living that life. I wasn't ironic about it. It was, oh shit, this is what I wanted and now I'm stuck with it. What do you do with that? I made these choices. I listened to my mother. I should have listened to my father. 
You know, writing saved me. It gave me a life, a sense of myself. In the context of what was happening in the 70s, everybody was free to do all these things. I had never done anything. I never had an adolescent rebellion. My brother was so rebellious that my role in my family was to make everybody happy. I'm still fighting that. Hmm. That's kind of what we suspected. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. She didn't seem to be a person who lived her full life until she got older. Right. She found herself. Did wifey rock the world of those around you? I got zillions of letters from women. Made a lot of men very upset. I left my husband in suburban New Jersey and I moved to Santa Fe. Then I wrote Wifey. If you hadn't left, do you think you could have written it? I never could have written it when I was still married. I think my ex-husband handled it brilliantly. I remember giving it to him and saying, If there's anything in here that really bothers you, I'll change it. Before it was published? I think so. And he didn't say anything. He stayed out of it. I think that was really very smart. I admire him for that. Wifey was my coming of age. I thought, I'm not just this 12-year-old. It was a time for me to deal with this other me, this woman. Who had never been explored. Right. And this life that I was raised by my mother to live. And then I didn't understand why I wasn't happy. So it was a very freeing experience for me. Very necessary in my evolution. Do you consider yourself a feminist? Yes, I am a feminist. That doesn't mean I don't like men. I've always liked men. We are different. I accept that. So different. But it's interesting to figure out those differences. I began to think for myself somewhere in my late 20s and 30s. I began to question this way of life, this authoritarian male society. I accepted it throughout my marriages. I never tried to get my husband to change. Fear of Flying is a very, very important book to me. I'm not familiar with that, are you? No. We have to explore that. It was a very pivotal book in Judy's kind of evolution. While I don't agree with um, the book Wifey and I really uh, disliked it, very much uh i really appreciate everything judy is saying here it's making me extremely happy totally totally and then the last question is how (laughs) i was becoming aware my husband blamed it for my unhappiness which is simplistic to say the least the way many men blamed wifey on their women being unhappy (laughs) can you imagine though i wonder if that really was the case i mean i think we all hope sandy got out of it eventually Mm mm-hmm like, there's no way, like, it kept going the way it kept going, mm-hmm. hopefully. Yeah. It's just hard not to have that closure. Well, it might have inspired women in real life to kind of take the steps Sandy didn't take in the book. That's definitely true. And the men were like, oh, if only she hadn't read Wifey. Oh, darn Wifey. <laughs> Shaking all, their fists. They're all sitting at their country clubs, all these divorced men, like, oh. This garbage. Judy Bloom. <laughs> I should have cheated on my wife. Oh, God. Well, okay, this leads me into like my next little bit here. I learned about something called the Bechdel test. Have you heard of this? Oh, yeah, the Alison Bechdel test. Does wifey pass the Bechdel test? Let me think about it for a second. If if you're not familiar, it's a book or a movie or a piece of work that has to have at least two women in it. Mm -hmm. and So it passes that one. uh Uh-huh. Do these two women talk to each other? Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. But the third question is, do they talk to each other about something other than men? And And they don't. No, I don't think so. Every conversation Sandy has with like Mona, Myra, Lisbeth, it's all about the men in their lives. The only time, the golf like outing. Oh, yeah, they talk about golf. (laughs) But I think they still talk about their husbands. Probably. 
because Norman's the head of the grievance committee. So I still think there's that that's thrown in there. But also, like, all the women are fighting. They're not even oh, getting along. they hate so. each other. They're, like, calling each other bitches. <laughs> it's horrible. So very interesting. So I'm not, I mean, I don't know if she set out to make Wifey a feminist novel. Probably not. No, I think it became one, but in essence, probably isn't one. Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. So that's what I got from Bus Magazine. That's great. Um, what you got? Speaking of feminism, why don't we uh, revisit key parties? Tell me everything. So it was a wild ride that I went on uh-huh. investigating. And I have to tell you, I was surprised. Hmm. So what is a key party? It is a couple's party where all of the men put their car keys into a bowl or a bag. And at the end of the party, the women blindly select a set of keys to determine who she goes home with for the rest of the evening for sexual gratification. Mm. But how did this all happen? Yeah. Um, And as I'm researching, I find that there's a lot of doubt as to whether or not this ever did happen. Really? Yes. So the bulk of the articles on the very first Google page Mm -hmm. (laughs) were like about whether or not it's real. Is it a myth? You know, like, or is there documented evidence? And real swingers want their association with key parties to be put to bed. They say it's just a myth. Really? So like swingers today, people living the lifestyle, Mm -hmm. in the lifestyle, as they say, are like, no, we don't do that. So I'm so disappointed. I know. I really like to believe that all of these things exist out there and everyone can just do what they want to do, but there's just like different doors to go into. Uh Uh-huh. And I do think that's true to an extent, but I think there are these like tropey things like key parties and like um, masquerade balls and things Mm -hmm. that might, we might exaggerate in our minds a little Mm -hmm. bit. And so I read this great uh, article by a woman that talks a lot about, you know, like, is this real or not? Like she was out to investigate it. And she says, when my partner and I were in the lifestyle, we went to white parties, neon parties, glitter and glow body paint parties, Greek gods and goddesses, and superhero parties. We donned costumes for Halloween, New Year's Eve, the 4th of July, Memorial Day, and many regular Saturday nights. But even though I attended hundreds of erotic events, from private parties to huge conventions in Las Vegas, I have never been to a key party or even been invited to a key party. When I interviewed lifestyle couples, I never found anyone who had personally attended a key party or said they wanted to. Whether in the 1960s or in the decades that followed, I haven't found reliable scholarly accounts of key parties, though they are sporadically mentioned in literature. And then I'm like, well, shit, like I need another source. Right. I need Snopes. Perfect. Uh Uh-huh. Like... But then I realized that Snopes has forums and it's just a wormhole of people (laughs) speculating on whether or not key parties are real. Oh, my God. And this guy says, my wife watched an episode of Cold Case the other week in which key parties were an integral part of the plot. Were things really that much different 30 to 40 years ago? What do you think? Did key parties ever happen or were they just the fantasies of middle class suburbanites hot for their neighbors? Mm. Suburbanites hot for your neighbors sandy yeah and it's kind of this whole thing where like norman's dancing around the club and like with all these ladies and it seems like he's up for all this Mm -hmm. like lifestyle living same with myra and the reality is like they can't handle it 
Well, when we had Kathy on last week, we were talking about how they were like wannabe swingers. They were totally. faux swingers, not quite getting there. So but I think it's a thing people like to talk right, about, right, but right. not really do. I mean, it makes for fucking good TV. Oh, yeah. And then there's several comments about a movie called Ice Storm. Yes. And it came out in 1997. Yes. Did you hear about this movie? I've seen bits and pieces. Um, Isn't Elijah Wood in it? Um, Yes. <laughs> Elijah Wood is in it. So I'm like, okay, what's the synopsis of this movie? Uh-huh. In suburban New Canaan, Connecticut, 1973, middle-class families experimenting with casual sex and substance abuse find their lives beyond their control. So it was a 1994 book by Rick Moody. Mm-hmm. Longtime uh, fan of The Rumpus and writer for The Rumpus. So I did a lot of little ads for him like 10 years ago, which is like really funny to me. But so he wrote the book and then Ang Lee directed the movie. And it's Kevin Klein as just this like perfect suburban husband. Uh, Joan Allen, who I always think of from Pleasantville because she's the mom in that. She's like a perfect housewife. Okay. And then Sigourney Weaver is like the naughty neighbor. Uh Uh-huh. Toby Maguire and Christina Ritchie are the kids. Oh, I forgot about them. And Christina Ritchie dates Elijah Wood in the movie. But I have to tell you, the trailer that I saw really made it look like Elijah Wood's going to die. Spoiler alert. But even a young Katie Holmes was in this movie. What? Yeah, it seems like a 90s treasure lost to time. But like multiple sources were like, sure, you might have seen the 1997 film Ice Storm. Right. But our key party's real. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was like a lot of what I read. I think just having known about that movie is how the word key party even came into my knowledge. Oh, was the movie? Yeah, well, because I never saw it, but everybody was talking about it. I you think know, that's right. That I think that's totally mm-hmm. right. Uh, and then there's this really great SF Weekly article breaking it down. They get to the bottom of this. They say the earliest real life key party reference SF Weekly found was a 1965 lecture on wife swapping by psychotherapist Dr. Albert Ellis. He says, whichever car key you get, you get the wife. If you're the male, that goes with this particular set of keys. This is done on a chance. You might say a raffle kind of basis. This is probably the rarest kind of mate switching today. (laughs) Mate switching! (laughs) Mate switching! (laughs) I thought was so good. It is good. But most people think it's a bunch of talk, a lot of fantasy, a lot of like, it could happen. And I'm sure it has happened. Uh Uh-huh. But like, I don't think it's like a common occurrence. Oh, I'm so disappointed. Um, But they they do say one guy, uh, Terry Gould says that according to two doctors of sexology named Joan and Dwight Dixon, who have been in the lifestyle and writing on sexuality in journals for two decades... The original spouse sharers were none other than World War II fighter pilots. Yes, this is what I've heard about. It was the pilots and their wives who invented the term key club, which was unknown in the 40s and became widely known in the 50s and 60s. Mm. And then the article ends with this. But a rigorous fact-based analysis shows little proof and relegates key party rumors to the level of urban legends like gerbling Rambo parties and hot carls. Gerbling. <laughs> Gerbils and the asshole. Oh. Rainbow parties. It's a type of party where several girls wear different colored lipstick and then they each like give guys blowjobs and so then they end up with like rainbow penises. Uh-huh. There's no way in hell that's happening. Gerbling definitely not happening. Wait, Richard Gere didn't uh, shove a gerbil up his no, ass? No, but oh my God, the Richard Gere rumor. It is 
pervasive. It's wild. Um, and then a hot Carl is excreting fecal matter into a sock and then hitting the person <gasps> in the face with the sock. A like, hot nope, Carl. Nobody, nobody's doing hot Carls. And so um, <laughs> that is the end of my report. It's almost like a fever dream. Oh, wow. It's like a journey through how I search the internet. Uh-huh. And it's uh, very academic. <laughs> So many twists and turns, ups and downs, corners, bumps. Yep. So that's where I've been. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm just really disappointed because I had read about the World War II uh, military bases, um, the wives of these military personnel. They were always under stress that who knows if the husband's going to come back. You know, they right. were all like worried about the safety or the return of their husband. And so in order to kind of keep the community together, it was decided they would all swap husbands so that whichever husbands did survive, it was kind of like a pact they had to kind of take care of the community of wives. It's it was a way of building very trust. very possible that some weird ass shit like that <laughs> happened. Right. <laughs> because weird shit happens all oh, yeah. over. But, um, and you know what? I'm not saying that swinging is weird. Um, I'm just saying that, like, the idea that women can't take care of themselves right, is weird. Right, right, exactly. But, I mean, if you're polyamorous, you do you. You do what you uh-huh. want to do. I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm knocking anybody. No, not at all. Not at all. I want it to be true because I love that people are doing this. I and... think that's how I feel, too. It's uh-huh. like I could never, but I love, like, the idea of something this wild happening. I always want to hear all about it. I met a girl who is polyamorous, and she was pretty open about it, um, was talking about just how she, you know, would meet people online, meet couples online, and they'd meet at hotels, and a lot of them had kids, and... I was asking her so many questions, and after every question, I was like, maybe, you know, I'm, like, prying. Where'd you meet her? Um, Through Beth. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe on a lift line. No. <laughs> I just loved the idea of you guys, like, having this conversation. Oh, the shared man. Car. I shared an Uber pool the other night after karaoke with a girl whose name was Crying. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was in the car and then you get the alert on your phone and it says you're about to pull with crying. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, what does this mean? Like, is like, she just alerting me to her state of mind? Am I going to have to like console someone in the back seat? Oh my God. She was just like a really drunk, sullen, silent person who came in and sat with me and we just like rode to Oakland together in silence. <laughs> and then I was Googling on my phone, is crying a name? In the car? Yeah. <laughs> I had to know. I was like, what nationality is the name crying? Nothing came up. So back to Judy. Back to Judes. I found this article from People Magazine, October 16th, 1978. What a year. Well, this is right after Wifey came out, mm-hmm. and Judy was doing her press tours, and she was just the sensation. And she was like, out the Norman Pressman. Uh-huh. I couldn't find oh. any info on that. But I did uh, find this article. This was the infamous People article where they had Judy like put on like a lacy teddy and take pictures of her. To be a sexy uh, housewife? Yes, which is insane. I couldn't find the photo, sadly, but I found the article that went with it. And I'm just going to read you some little excerpts because we're going to learn a lot about Judy. Oh, I'm so excited. 
people get to the bottom of it. Uh-huh. Judy Sussman Bloom, who felt every bit as trapped as Sandy, found a different escape route, but only after several false starts. First, she tried writing pop songs. <gasps> Where are Judy's pop songs? Where are they hiding? She gave up in dismay after she realized they were mere imitations of what she was hearing on the radio. Oh, I'd still love to hear them. I would die. I'm just imagining like Rita Ora's like... Yes, that song. Um, okay, guess what she did next? What? She made felt applique banners for kids' bedrooms and sold the first three for $9 each to Bloomingdale's. She opened an Etsy shop. She really did. She was a regular crafter. She was a maker. She was living in New Jersey at the time. God, I was excited, she recalls. After selling some $350 worth of banners, however, she got allergic to the glue and her fingers peeled. And that's why she took up writing. She injured herself making felt banners. Uh-huh. Had to give it up to become a writer. I mean, what if those, What if that glue had been kind of like hypoallergenic? She'd still be making felt banners. And what if she be- had a hot glue gun? She took up writing because she was reading books to her kids, and she thought, ooh, wouldn't this be fun? This is so inspiring. Mm-hmm. Truly. I mean, we thought, ooh, wouldn't podcasting be fun? And look at us now. Now look at us. So in 1975, though, Judy was increasingly unhappy. She went west with her children to receive a book award. So this is during her first marriage. During the trip, she made up her mind to get a divorce. <gasps> On the plane, she also met a man who sat across the aisle and introduced himself as Tom Kitchens. My son and daughter thought he was a kid, Judy says. He thought I was the big sister, and I thought he was a skew-bum. What? Who is this man? This turns out to be her second husband. No. Is he the Santa Fe scientist? Yes, 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 yes. She met him on a plane and moved to Santa Fe? Yes. Kitchens, who had been separated from his wife for five years, turned out to be a physicist who worked for the National Science Foundation in Washington, D.C. He wrote us a postcard from his next trip, saying he sat in the same seat, and it wasn't as much fun. So two months later, Judy moved out west with her kids. Tom was on her mind. Romance bloomed. When Tom was sent by the foundation to London, the three of them followed, and he and Judy were married there in London in 76. How did we not know they got married in London? I feel slightly overwhelmed. I know. It's so much. This is where I really, really could see the Sandy and Judy. The day of the wedding, Judy says, I got an awful allergy attack. It was a very hard time for me to get married again. I walked around the block three times. I was scared of the connotation of being someone's wife again. That word, I am your wife. Um, is she confusing allergy attack with panic attack? It sounds like it. Like her brain's having an allergic reaction. (laughs) When Tom's London assignment ended, the Kitchenses, Judy Kitchens. (laughs) Judy Kitchens. Oh my god, our podcast would have to be Kitchen Saloon. Kitchen's Corner. Oh yeah, Kitchen's Corner. Kitchen Saloon. (laughs) Oh, man. 
Thank you, Judy, for keeping your first husband's last name throughout the three of your Yes. Um, so that's when they moved to Los Alamos, where uh, he headed blah, 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 science, science, blah. Judy plunged into wifey. Wifey was always in my head, she recalls. I write out of my real-life experiences, but they become fiction. I don't tell the story to myself. I see it. I see scenes, and I write down what I see. I hear the characters talking to each other. There's a lot that happens at the typewriter that I don't know is going to happen. Ooh, I love that spontaneity. Mm-hmm. It's divine. It is She's divine. channeling the, uh, the writer gods. She writes morning and afternoon, reads over her copy in the evening, and sometimes jots down ideas at night on a Kleenex box kept next to the bed. Oh, what I wouldn't get for one of those Kleenex boxes. Uh-huh. I want Judy ideas firsthand. <laughs> she rewrites heavily, seldom mailing off a manuscript until she has done at least three drafts, and never before it is approved by daughter Randy, who is in like high school, middle school or high school at this time sometimes observes randy she uses the wrong words i'll say i don't know anyone that uses these words as the writing catches fire judy gets so involved she talks about her characters at the dinner table guess what sandy did today as if can you imagine no i can't sandy had a motorcycle masturbator today guys sandy's pussy was itchy y'all oh so itchy and she had sex with her Uh brother-in-law he made his dick dance so that's that i am enlightened like the more i read about her process in writing wifey and her the time in her life i'm really proud of her for doing it same just because i mean that takes balls oh yeah like it was it was really super lady ballsy Mm -hmm. to do what she did and Mm -hmm. i'm glad she did it yeah we've turned out better for it Uh uh-huh Oh, me? Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm like that weird mix of like energized <laughs> and fucking tired and my body's saying like it's time to go to bed, but my brain's like, ooh, more scotch. <laughs> Uh, so we've got some great Amazon reviews mm. of uh, Judy's Wifey. It is a well-reviewed book. I'd say about like 3.875 oh. stars out of five, but there are 11% one-star reviews. <laughs> and I would just like to read a couple of them. Uh, so we've got the first one, the subject line, Judy Bloom is a well-known author of children's books. Judy Bloom is a well-known author of children's books. I didn't care for this book. Had to force myself to finish it. I will give her another chance before I give up on her books. Oh. And then I've got a sexual fantasy not topic I enjoy. And it just starts with did not flow well. Talk about not flowing well. Start your sentence with did not flow well. Also, the fantasy sex is not a topic I enjoy reading. Disappointed in Judy Bloom, she appears to have experienced issues that she writes about. Are you going to like the non-native English speakers to Amazon site? <laughs> Apparently. Uh, but there's some great five-star reviews. Oh. Love Judy Bloom. Judy Bloom can do no wrong for me, so that's probably why I loved it. 
I get her humor and I find it hilarious. I loved the story, the characters, and everything they went through. Laughed a lot. The ending is a little weird and abrupt, but I already had a great ride, so it didn't bother me too much. Interesting that the ending was the weirdest part about the book for this person. (laughs) I know. And then I've got, loved it. I enjoyed this book from beginning to end. I loved the main character's honesty and incredible sense of humor. Beautifully written. Pleasant to read. If Sandy were real, she'd be my best friend. Oh, damn. That's a stretch. (laughs) Five exclamation points, too. That's just the beauty of reading. Uh-huh. It just gets to be what you want it to be. So true. Um, I found one from Karen on Goodreads. Oh, hey, Karen. This is a three-star review. Interesting. She says, Now, I have no interest in playing tennis or raising kids, but I'm still a bit of a chauvinist. I don't know. Even though she is a frigid and terrible mother and has a shitty, distant, now ex-husband, I sort of envy... Oh, she's talking about Mad Men. I sort of envy Betty Draper. If I had her life, I would just be curled up all day reading. I would probably ignore the kids as much as she does, but I would have had made for them to play with, so whatever. All I would have to do is, like, toss some shit in aspic and call it a meal, smoke some cigarettes and look pretty. The rest of the time would be all me time. That's all I want. (laughs) I like my job just fine, but if I don't have to work, if all I had to do was read all day and occasionally frost a cake, I would be in Fun City. I'm going to go throw myself off a cliff. (laughs) But, she says, but wifey is a sad story. She does not read all day. (laughs) And that's what gets her gonorrhea. (laughs) Now, I am no whore, but my genitals, they have had some fun. But what is she having here with her multiple infidelities? This is not fun. This is like revenge and science all rolled into one. Make infidelity sound more fun, Judy Bloom. <laughs> I don't understand what's happening. I love the internet. Uh-huh. Okay, there's some more. The Ka- same review. Some more good ones from yes. Karen. Regardless, these are the things I have learned from this particular Judy Bloom book. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. If a lady touches a man's nipples, it makes him a fag. Women are jealous of the size of other women's nipples. If she has sex with him on top, she is just some women's liver trying to overpower her man. Lastly, you can hook up with your gynecologist and continue to go to him with your vagina for medical reasons. And that isn't awkward at all. Allison! This is... This is on? Yeah. Jody! That was my excited voice. I was just scared. I thought I'd done something wrong. And you were like, Allison, clean your room. Are you ready for a quiz? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I have to go get something, though. Hold on. Hazelnuts? No, it's so much better. Okay, you know, we love quizzes here in the cocoon. We love prizes. Where are the prizes hiding? <laughs> Under my butt. <laughs> it's like, wait, you're like wiggling and there's sound. No. Where did you put behind them? Me. They're behind me. Where'd you put the treats? Like a gerbil. Ew, no. <laughs> no. <gasps> Pecan Sandies. Oh my God. 
So I don't actually know how we're going to do this because I I composed the quiz kind of like a Jeopardy quiz. Okay. So there's like 100 points, 200 points, 400 points, but maybe we'll just turn it into like half a cookie. 500 like, cookies. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? We got plenty here to go around. You can just hand me a cookie and then tell me how many points I got. Okay, okay, okay. I'll tell you when I need more cookies. I like how, yeah. <laughs> you know, whenever I hear Pecan Sandy's, I always think of Sunny in Philadelphia. It's um, Danny DeVito's, like, his the barbershop. Pecan Sandy's. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. I miss that show. Um, okay. All right. Here are your categories. <gasps> Trouble with twins. Food, glorious food. <laughs> okay. Oh, the places you'll go. Uh huh. And body parts. <laughs> oh my god. So. Oh boy. We have a hundred, two hundred, and four hundred. I don't think that's the Jeopardy numbers. I don't even know how to play Jeopardy. Every, I'm just making in this every up. category. Yes. Wow. Um. So I gotta start with those twins for for one hundred. I gotta start soft. Okay. Myra and Gordon's twin daughters are named this. Connie. <sighs> Catherine. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But you have to say it like a question. Who's Connie? And who's <laughs> Catherine slash Caitlin? <laughs> it's Kate, but yeah, I'll give it to you. All right. So you got a hundred and a cookie. All right. You're just going to make a little pile over there. Uh-huh. Can't you don't tell after. Uh-uh. <laughs> okay. I already, I bought these last week and I've already had like five. <laughs> I want all of them. Uh-huh. They're good. Would you like to stay with Trouble with Twins for 200 or Food Glorious Food Oh, the places you'll go or body parts. Food, glorious food for 400, please. Oh, wow. Myra is into this strange food fad. Would you like a hint? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Remember when they were in Jamaica and they were sitting around after the party? Um, It involves a blender. Smoothies. (laughs) Blended salads. Oh, God. (laughs) That was a hard one. I know. It's awful. I know. Um, Okay. Potty parts for uh, 100, please. Jen wants Sandy to send this part of Banushka to her in the mail. Uh, what is her tail? <laughs> <laughs> Just chop off that doggy's what? tail. What body part? What part of Banushka would go? It's her fur. <laughs> I guess that was misleading. I don't know. Is fur a body part? No. <laughs> It's uh, an accessory. I mean, what is, it's an accessory. <laughs> what uh, if one day Poe asks you to send Pepper's tail in the mail? <laughs> I'd be like, Poe, are you okay? <laughs> you're staying at camp forever and you're never coming back. Yeah. We're moving. We don't want you. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. That was misleading. I'll give you a cookie. <laughs> um, do you want to stick with body parts? Oh, the places you'll go. Food, glorious okay. food gotta see where else we go with body parts let's go with body parts for 200 please sandy is very jealous that myra has nipples the size of this item of currency dimes or quarters quarters you got it quarters quarters Mm -hmm. because she's had a she's had a breast reduction Oh. She, like, they're smaller than Sandy's, I think. No, Sandy had nipples the size of dimes. I don't get that because she's had children. I don't understand. Right. And and it's funny that she wants bigger nipples. I thought, like, 
I guess I don't really know. I little ones were good. Right, right. Maybe in the 70s, it was like the bigger, the better. Tyler told me that when he was younger, he and his friends, you know, they all worked at the pool together as lifeguards. And they used to call him Silver Dollar Nipples. (laughs) Silver Dollar Nipples Tyler. (laughs) That poor thing. My dad had half a nipple. He's dropping that. The other half got blown off in a with a bomb. <laughs> you said that so casually. I thought it was gonna be something like, "Oh, a shark." Just like a bomb. He used to make bombs when he was younger. Oh, it was a homemade bomb. Uh huh. <laughs> oh yeah, like growing up hearing these stories, it was like, "Oh, silly daddy," but now it's like, "That's fucked up." <laughs> Um, okay. Trouble with twins, food glorious food, oh, the places you'll go, body parts. Food glorious food, 200. Sandy shovels this food with her fingers and Norm hates it. Uh, coleslaw. (laughs) What is coleslaw? No, very close because they're like picnic foods. Corn niblets. Oh, corn niblets. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I should have known. I should have studied the food better. Okay. Um, 100's easy, though. Okay, let's do it. Sandy likes to douche with this household condiment and cleaning solution. What is vinegar? Yes! 100 points. Woo! You've wiped out food, glorious food. Do you want to go back to trouble with twins? Yeah, let's get back to those twins. The twins disappear from the beach in Jamaica to go here and do what? What is the... Like mall, like the boardwalk, uh, the like thoroughfare, and they're going to buy pot from the Rasta man. Yeah, and the ganja man, but you totally got that. (laughs) I think you added on the detail about the mall because it was some kind of like hub. Oh, yeah, no, you're right. I think they went to like the the resort or something. Mm -hmm. Okay, totally. You got that one. Okay, do you want to go for 400? Oh, yes, please. Okay. Myra sends the twins to this plastic surgeon. Dr. Who is Dr. Diamond? Oh, that's the real life one. So who is the like fake Judy one? Also a precious gem. Sapphire. Yes. Yes. You you. got it. 400 points. Okay. Mm -mm -mm -mm. So what we have left is, oh, the places you'll go. Let's go to places. Okay. This summer camp is in the heart of the Berkshires. Uh. I'll give you the first syllable. Camp Wa Wamanaki. Yes, yes. Widapasaki. It's like Wawinaki. (laughs) You got it. You got it. Do you want to do 100 or 400? Let's go for it. Norman went to college here. Rutgers? Remember the box that Sandy found in the attic? Tufts. It it was a Tufts box. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, yep, you got that one. So you have 100 left. This is easy. Sandy and Norman are moving to this New Jersey town. Watchung. Yes. What is a watchung? What is watung? <laughs> we still don't know if we're pronouncing that right. I mean, I think we are. That's what it looks like. No one's corrected us. Oh, you only have one left. Let's do Body it. Body parts for 400? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm eating some cookies. I got a pecan sandy in my I mouth. I room for another one. <laughs> the motorbader pleasures himself in this very unique way. Um, the motorcycle helmet on... 
with a certain number of pumps. Mm, yeah, this was kind of too vague, I guess. He's an exhibitionist. <laughs> I mean, this is very unique. He's in someone's front yard in <laughs> the daytime. He's got a lot going on. You're right, you're right. Like, everything is unique. Okay. What hand does he pleasure himself with? Left? Yes. <laughs> He's a lefty. He's a lefty. <gasps> Was the vet a lefty? Yeah, that's something that, like, if Judy had, like, been riding for, like, Law and Order or something, she mm-hmm. would have really kind of, like, tied that in in a subtle way, but no. No. Okay. I don't think we got any mention of that. It's all left so open. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Who'd she get gonorrhea from, even? I think it was Shep. I think it was Shep, too. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Okay, well, that's it. Congratulations. Would you like another Pecan Sandy? No, but I can't wait to finish this one. I'm good. <laughs> good. Have fun. I'm really excited. Do we have anything else to wrap up? I mean, you know, we're really prolonging this wifey uh, finale here, but the fans want it. The fans want it. Make it end. <laughs> uh, next week, we're going to take a quick break. Mm-hmm. And then we'll be back. Something really fun. Oh, yeah, we don't know what that is yet. No, we're going to figure it out. Don't worry. Okay, bye. Thanks, bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.